symbol of Sochi's alleged lack of readiness for the Olympics. It's a widely circulating photo of a stall with two toilets. The toilets are pictured side by side in a single cubicle. No partition separates them. No one's quite clear why. Meanwhile, stories and pictures about the venue have gone viral. They feature photos of half-built hotels with dodgy plumbing and stray dogs and construction workers wandering in and out of rooms. In fact, a consensus seems to be building that coupled with evidence of massive corruption, concerns about terrorism and Russia's treatment of gay lesbians, the event is going to be an embarrassing fiasco for President Vladimir Putin's government. Yet these Olympics haven't come cheap. The estimated bill for venues and accompanying infrastructure is an estimated $50 billion. Sochi has been described as the most expensive Olympics ever. So could Russia end up ruining its decision to play host to the Games? Alexander Nekrasov is a former Kremlin advisor. Keir Giles is a security expert at the Conflict Studies Research Centre in Oxford. Alexander Nekrasov first. I don't think so, because first of all, in Russia, the response to all that is completely different. So there is support for the Games, there is interest in the Games, and uh, some, uh, most of the people are basically bemused by this Western propaganda, because, you know, it's not just about human rights, really. It's all about how the uh, hosts were not prepared, you know, the hotels are not ready, which is not really true. And, uh, well, I mean, you said well, stories, but there have been pieces, photos but, you know, in London evidence. and other cities there were problems as well. It's just other countries didn't raise them much. And then, of course, the Americans saying we'd like to help prevent terrorist attacks. And then they start saying, well, all, all planes are targeted that are flying to Russia. And there's toothpaste bombs, which is rubbish, complete rubbish, I can tell you this. And uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a package of all these sort of uh, things they're saying, which are really not helping to, to boost the Olympic spirit, to be honest with okay, you. Okay, well, Keir Giles, it's all Western propaganda. Well, to start off with, the Americans have not said that all planes flying to Russia are targeted with toothpaste bombs. It was just a, uh, a routine transport safety warning which has been conflated with all of the terrorism fears about Sochi, just like many other stories that have come out recently that really are nothing to do with the Sochi Olympics whatsoever. So while Mr. Nikrasov makes a very good point that the reaction to all of this is very different within Russia to outside, in terms of international coverage of what's happening there, it does appear that at the moment the gamble that Russia took by hosting the Olympics in Sochi is not paying off because all of the stories have been about anything except sport. Everything that is coming out about the Olympics is, is concentrating on things which will embarrass Russia internationally. Now we just have to hope that that changes as soon as the sporting events are finally underway. Okay, one thing though, it is usual isn't it, as Alexander said, to have this kind of coverage before an Olympic or a big sporting event. And we saw it in London, uh, we saw it at Athens, it's not unusual. That's absolutely right. For as far back as anybody can remember, all of the headlines in advance of the Olympics have been uh, predictions of disaster, infrastructure not finished, possible terrorist attacks. So in that respect, as in many others, Russia isn't unique here. But what does make a difference is first of all that in this case we are finding that uh, people are arriving to find facilities unfinished. The second issue is, as far as I'm aware, this is the first time that an Olympics has been held in quite such close proximity to parts of the world which are so very dangerous that Western foreign ministries advise the citizens not to travel there at all. Alexander, they could have chosen another location. Did they have to be so close to well, where it's, all it's, it's not, this is the trouble hotspots of the world? Well, first of all, it's not that close, first of all. Uh, secondly, uh, most of the big Western capitals are in danger of uh, 
facing terrorist attacks. These boys uh, who were fighting in Syria and, 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 and Libya, they are back, some of them, and they are well trained now. And so you're you're to say suddenly, oh yes, El Sochi is a, is a dangerous place. I tell you something, this all depends on the goodwill of journalists and politicians. And I don't see that goodwill on the part of Western journalists, I'm sorry to say this, because they are blowing things out of all proportion. Okay, the, there might be problems, but you can't blow them up to, uh, to, to, to a sense that we're talking about, oh, they were not ready. Keir Giles. Yeah, Alexander makes a couple of good points. First of all, yes, it does very much depend on the attitude of journalists arriving there. But more seriously, as Alexander said, foreign fighters are returned from Syria and Libya, but not just to Western capitals, also to Russia. Now, I was uh, discussing the counterterrorism efforts with a general in the Russian armed forces who specializes in counterterrorism a couple of days ago. When I asked him specifically about the threats, he went a little quiet and then expressed his enthusiasm at how closely they were working with the US and UK security and intelligence services. Alexander, what's at stake for Russia? These $50 billion that are rumored to be spent on these games, it's for Russia's international image, isn't it, really? Well, all, all Olympic games are PR exercises, and I don't understand why everybody is saying that, oh, this is a big, huge PR exercise for Russia and for Putin himself. They're all PR exercises. The reason why so much money is spent, it's not just on the Olympics, it's on the infrastructure of the whole area. Roads, uh, tunnels, by the way, very expensive tunnels, uh, and other things, you know, hotels, airports. The idea behind this is to keep it going after the Olympics. People might say, well, Russia, by hosting the Olympics, has put itself up for scrutiny. It comes with the territory. If you host a world-class event like the Olympics, your whole country, its politics, its human rights record, everything will come under scrutiny. Of course, every country that hosts the Olympics comes under scrutiny, but it all depends on the attitude. If I can remind you about China and the Olympics in Beijing. Now, I didn't hear the same, you know, critical statements about China, where human rights are not exactly perfect. We can take any minority, religious, uh, gays, they're prosecuted, they, they, they execute about, I don't know, three, four, five people a day for different, obviously, offenses. But nobody was talking about China being a communist dictatorship where p millions of people had no rights, none at all. That nobody was everybody said how great it was, how wonderful it was. And how do you explain that? Uh, that's double standard. That's, I think, how you know, the, the press and the politicians, they choose the countries they like and they choose the countries they but, don't like. Well, I mean, China has come under for a lot of criticism. Well, not during the Olympics. Uh, everybody was so excited, everybody was happy, but nobody was objecting. And that's why on this background, it looks very, very strange that there's such hostility targeted against Russia. It's, 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 it's unfair. Keir Giles, is it unfair? Well, Alexander has a point about selective standards, but I think he's attributing it to the wrong reason. I don't agree at all that there was no criticism of China over human rights before uh, the Olympics there. In fact, there was a great deal of noise about it, and the same questions came up about whether countries should actually attend. The point is the spotlight has now moved on, and it's Russia that is under scrutiny, and it's Russian social attitudes and uh, Russian legislation which is now being uh, examined in such a close light. And this is where the often misunderstood legislation about what uh, is and is not permissible in terms of same-sex relations is coming under such close attention at the moment. Russia is far from the most repressive regime in the world when it comes to sexual minorities. In fact, same-sex relations were, were decriminalized over 20 years ago there uh, by comparison with plenty of countries around the world where it is still a criminal offense with fairly hefty sentences attached. 
finally, I have to ask you, Alexander, what's the deal with these tandem toilets? Is this something? That, <laughs> <laughs> is this well, something we should know about? Because there have been a numerous, numerous explanation, yes. and it is the big mystery about yes, Sasha at the really moment. Yes, I don't I'm sorry about this. I, I don't. <laughs> this, this is bizarre. Come on, I, I can accept that, of course. But uh, I, I still think that the people who are going there, the foreigners, they will have a good time. The mystery of the tandem toilets persists. That was Alexander Nekrasov, of, uh, the a former Kremlin advisor, and also Keir Giles, security expert at the Conflict Studies Research Centre in Oxford. Thank you.